0: Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody <laughs> got time, time for that. Anyways, I got uh everything for you guys all set up and uh sweet. Yeah, you ready? I am
1: so ready. Let's do this. Hello everybody and it. welcome to Breaking Geek Radio the Podcast, the flagship international podcast for the Genreverse podcast network and LRMonline.com. I am Joseph Jamer Medina, here joined today by two other geeks from, I guess we'll call it trifecta for now, and we get four, trifecta of geekdom, and that is one Daniel Bartlett.
2: Good evening song, or evening for me, good morning for you, and good afternoon for anyone else that's listening in another time zone.
3: And Nick Dahl. Hello, or in a different time.
0: <laughs>
2: this
3: is not live. <laughs> um, so... We got
1: a big show to talk about today, one of the biggest shows in the history of shows for HBO, no. and that is The Last of Us. Doo-doo-doo. I don't know why I had the Mandalorian theme stuck in my head when I did that. So I... <laughs> Pedro Pascal rules all. It's the Pedro Pascal effect. That's it. Um, so, Last of Us, we're going to talk the first episode, which is the only episode that's been released. And we are uh, we did not get the whole season like a lot of other critics did. But that's okay. We're going to talk our hearts out about the first episode.
2: Um, well, when you and say we, manner, we, have Gemma, when you I say we, Nick and I. you mean you and Nick and maybe, yes. maybe producer Carl. <laughs> we does not include me. There is no me in we because you lucky people get HBO and I do not. Damn
1: it. Yeah, yeah. This is, what, this is what happens when you don't live in the good old U.S. of A. You don't get HBO. But then again, you also have to buy some more streaming services. I remember in the good old days when I went overseas and I was able to watch Star Trek Discovery you know, <laughs> on Netflix. It was a glorious time. Such a time has now <laughs> passed. I guess I could use a VPN, but, and I even have one. But whatever. I don't like to use it for that type of thing. I've also but already shared...
3: Go- paramount plus with you guys oh yeah you did didn't you i was using it as a weapon to get kirsten
0: into it but you're probably Oh, i completely told me. forgot about for, that for legal purposes <laughs> that is uh that is neither neither confirmed nor nor denied that is a that is a what if situation <laughs> for legal purposes
1: you can yeah, share I passwords
0: <laughs> read your terms and services nick
1: so obviously everyone shares passwords come on mm-hmm. Don't don't. And Kyle's sitting there going like, "Oh my you guys, god!" You guys, way, be a nightmare. you guys are taking the joke You guys are
0: taking the uh, joke way too way way too seriously now. It's all it's all good. Carry on.
1: Uh, so Last of Us, I was about to say season three. God damn, Mandalorian! <laughs> I can't get Mandalorian off the off the brain here. Last of Us, uh, obviously, it was a it was a very 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 famous, popular, well respected video game that was released. I think it was was the PS3 actually back mm-hmm. in the day. um, had a remaster recently and, of course, a sequel, which was a little bit more controversial for various reasons. But regardless, few people really uh, contested that The Last of Us was kind of an amazing story and really showed how cinematic video games can be. To the point where I thought, what's the point? What is the point of adapting this into a series if it's basically just going to kind of... It's so story-driven. It's not like Mario, where it's like you have some characters and maybe like Mushroom Kingdom and maybe some semblance of a story. It's like, no, no. If you don't follow what's in the video game, why? But also, if you're just going to follow what's in the video game, why bother? So for me, it almost seemed like a lose-lose situation because in the elements of film, you're taking out the gameplay element that makes you maybe more attached to the characters. You're not really adding much, generally speaking. I mean, you can, as this show has proven, but it's it's very to me, it felt like a lose lose situation. But the show has released the first episode, and of course, articles are coming out galore with regards to breaking the video game curse, which by the way is a BS argument because there have been plenty of great video game adaptations over the past few years. We have the two Sonic movies, we have Detective Pikachu, we have Castlevania, we have Arcane. There are plenty of them. But I guess the big difference was something I outlined. Just now, which is that none of those were really based on story-driven video games. This is definitely a story-driven video game, so we'll give that a little little asterisk there. But still, people need to stop talking about the video game as curse. Well. What's that?
0: Two of them are animated as well, which frees up uh, certain issues with with uh, video game adaptations with aesthetic and uh, sure. graphics effects and things like things like that.
3: Sure. I would also say none of those are great. But a lot of those are good. just you you watch agree, your mouth. So you, Sonic is freaking great. How dare great. you?
1: Detective Pikachu yeah. is a joy. Arcane? Pikachu- Get the fuck out of I here. The ones me. I've seen.
3: Oh, okay. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Pikachu is very good. Castlevania is very good. A few others. Anyway.
1: Anyways, but there's been... My point is, I think the video game curse is a term that needs to die. It needs to go away because there are lots of great things out there if you're into video games. But this definitely adds to the pile. And I could see as being argued as potentially, I mean, I'm not speaking for myself here. I'm speaking based on everything that I've been reading. And that has to do with the general reception by critics and audiences for The Last of Us, which stars pedro pascal and actually i'm realizing now i'm like oh shit i don't remember if bella ramsey is her name or her character name from game
0: of thrones do you guys remember That's the actress's Which, name
1: that's that's the actress's name okay actress's what's her name, name in game of thrones again i don't know i don't
0: care for that crap <laughs> you know there
1: are other people than just you in this in this chat pile there, de- really? someone else could know
0: i don't
3: care about that's that fair. crap either <laughs>
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Anyway, as of this recording, the show is sitting at a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes with 126 critics, 96% audience score with over 4,000 user ratings. Clearly, it is a big hit, and I'm just going to start out. I think it's a solid show so far, Um, and to be honest, they kind of have a couple things going against... Them for me as an audience member. One, I don't like post-apocalyptic series or zombie movies/slash shows because I feel like you know, for example, The Walking Dead. No, not for me because it feels like it is. Oh, we're just gonna keep surviving until we die. That's it. There's, there's nothing more to it. We're just gonna survive, and then some one day we're not gonna survive, and then it'll just keep going. It just seems. There's no hope. I hate depressing zombie shit. And this is basically that. Mm. And I'm still like, I never played the video game all the way through. I only watched my roommates play it. It was great. But it was still a thing where I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch it. I don't know if I want to watch, you know, tragedy porn on repeat or zombie stuff happen on repeat. It just wasn't it had things going against it for me. Anyway, I am just going to throw it out there. I give this, against all that, I give this first episode an i a-. I'll talk more about what I did and didn't like in the next section. But, Nick, what would you say your thoughts were?
3: I know I say this too often. Oh, is this but, uh, another A-plus? This is A-plus? a genuine, damn it, Nick. almost everyone should give it an a one. I keep seeing people write this, and I agree, where they're like, they haven't shot anything zombie-related this well. And since before The Walking Dead, because nowadays The Walking Dead's kind of the punching bag where it's like, yeah, started off good, but it's really been like kind of like you said, we're just trying to survive. Whereas this, I haven't even played the video game, but this has uh, an actual path to getting past the zombie apocalypse potentially. But yeah, I would give it an Does A+. plus. No, lower your gain, Nick, by the way. I can see you give it an A+. plus. I don't know
1: if this has a path. To pass the zombie apocalypse, I didn't play the game. From what I know, the None Last of the game Part either. Two, they're still in the zombie apocalypse.
3: That's true. but for all I
1: know, in it, in second one, they're still in the zombie apocalypse. I don't know if there's a path. This and could that's, I be think... tragedy porn. This could continue that
3: path. Let's go into slight spoilers. Then it's not really a lot to no, spoil okay. in a first episode.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's go ahead and so you gave it a plus. I gave it an A minus. Um, I have more stuff to say, but yeah, let's dig right into what about spoilers oh, for the Last wait, of he Us? Didn't see it. That's right. Episode one. <laughs>
0: What? Ignore me. He was gonna say, "Well, it's Danny's okay. opinion." Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. And then I, I remembered he didn't he didn't get a chance chance to see it. Sorry.
1: No worries,
3: Nick. What's up? Oh well, I mean, just the basic plot from what I gathered from the pilot. Not I've never played the game. Is that she's a key to a cure, which is why she's infected, but she's still fine. I
1: mean, yeah, it does so that's seem like a like glimmer it. of
3: hope. Or I don't think Walking Dead ever has a glimmer of i mean like even 28 days later they're trying to like escape to like a base but this is like different and then one of them is ending. carrying 20 potential cure a,
1: 28 days later had a happy ending
3: yeah i know but like in general with your zombie thing or it's like and the other thing this opposed to the walking dead is this season is the first game next season is the second game they're not gonna draw this shit out for 10 years well, that's like, good is that this is it they don't recall
1: is that confirmed? I don't recall yeah. them Craig Mazin said it. it's going to be a game. Craig Mazin? Mazin, yeah. Which, by the way, I love Craig Mazin so much. You too. He's uh, in Chernobyl, but also he is involved in Mythic Quest. He plays two characters in Mythic Quest as well. He plays the Mennonist guy as well as the publisher in the flashback episode, Backstory for CW. Um, I just think it's weird and random, but I, I thought also it was funny because in that flashback episode, I forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays Nelson Baghetti in Silicon Valley plays the younger version of CW, and he also plays the interviewer in the opening scene of The Last of Us.
3: Yes, that's who that guy was. I was. thinking, Yeah, that was a really yeah. creepy scene. That was a great scene. So the
1: show starts off really strong for me with just an interview on like a 1960s show. And it's just talking about, he's talking with these two scientists, one talking about pandemic and one talking about, or I guess viral or bacteria-based pandemic versus a fungal pandemic. And it was just engaging. Like I wanted to be there. That was super interesting. I could have watched the whole show about that, but quickly, quickly they delve into, they, they skip past that to 2003 where we get to see Pedro Pascal and his, his daughter and sort of their day-to-day life. And it's just super watching the day to day and their relationship. And it, it's just so well done. Like I could have watched the whole show on that. I was fully in. And this is kind of where my first critique, why I'm not giving it beyond an A minus after that opening sequence with the the beginning of the quote unquote zombie apocalypse. I know it's not a zombie, but whatever. It's a, it's basically a zombie. But it the zombie is. apocalypse. <laughs> I had a hard time latching on because to me that second half just felt like kind of generic post-apocalyptic thing, which is fine. It's just not a genre that resonates with me. So it took a while for any, for me to latch on to what was happening. Um, you know, I think it helped when, when the uh, Ellie, the other character who's great in the, the few scenes that she has, I thought she, uh, she really nailed what I know about Ellie as a character from the video game. And it's just really fun to watch. And then, um, her relationship with with Pedro Pascal is kind of the burgeoning beginning of that, I think is really interesting. But yeah, it took me a long time. Like I was kind of a little bit bored for about 25 minutes.
3: That's my jammer um, bingo card. It was still... There you go. It was still way, good. Oh, I was just it Kyle was still said good. nothing official on season wrong. two.
1: Okay. It was still good, but I wasn't fully engaged in, because I am not someone who's naturally disposed predisposed towards the genre it was going to take a little bit more and it did by the end but it just it was a a big learning curve in that second half from the beginning um but yeah i thought overall it was still really solid and i i think for me i was able to tell even if this isn't for me i could tell it was still very well written and very well made so good stuff
3: and before i go on to mine, kyle shared the quote I'm only going to read the part that's equivalent uh, important to what we said. This is from Amazing. He uh, said to the Radio Times and other press. Uh, so to me, the narrative of the first game was gorgeous. It was complete. It deserved a season. We knew how to do it within a season, and so that was the kind of a no-brainer. And I promise, if we are lucky enough to do more seasons and keep telling the story, we will continue to make sure that every episode is worth its weight. So, and more talking about W-E-I-G-H-C. more of the confirmation. And the other part you would like, Jammer, where he just kind of talks about TV should be more flexible, with as many episodes or as as you need, not necessarily always doing a season of like eight or as few. Some don't need that many.
1: Yeah. Though I guess Marvel has kind of proved that sometimes you do need more. Otherwise, just
3: <laughs> it just more. depends on the show. Oh. You're always hoping. And I
1: do remember shorter, being really annoyed. But... Speaking of Castlevania, I remember that first season. I was like, that was like an hour and a half or I think it was two hours or something. I was like, that could have just been a movie. There was no point to divide that up into episodes. Um, so I guess you're full of shit, Craig. I disagree. TV needs <laughs> to be very stiff and put into freaking into boxes. I'm obviously kidding. But um, what did you think overall, Nick? How, do you agree with me at all with regards to the steep learning curve in the second half of the episode? Cause it was an hour and a half long episode. Yeah. That could have been two episodes
3: no i was disappointed it wasn't longer i could have watched that stuff all night <laughs> it was i don't know it was it was really i don't know i love yeah it's great i i definitely the best part of the first nick. half yeah, you're laughing at i'm kyle. not laughing
1: at nick i'm laughing at kyle's heavy reaction to that kyle can you explain your reaction you uh you really you, roll, was, you roll your eyes you rolled your body
0: it at was, that just reaction. the idea of it being, being longer because i think that uh i think overall this is pretty solid i'm Similar to Jammer in that it takes something extra for zombies post apocalyptic to uh, get me, but not because I'm bored of it, but because I've consumed, I love it so much, I've consumed so much that I need something extra. Otherwise, it's just okay. Sure. I I love blood and and guts, so I can watch something bloody, but uh, this this has a little bit extra i'm not sure how much but it had enough that i was kind of interested i think actually i liked it more than uh christine which when it comes to especially live action dramas is really rare that's like her bread and butter i'm a comedy guy more when it comes to uh uh, live action stuff or or action um not not drama as much but uh Mm -hmm. uh, i think that you probably could have cut about 10 minutes out of this and made it a little bit snappier or like jammer suggested, maybe make it two different episodes with some, some minor edits in, in each one. But I, I, I find myself uh, really frustrated on how many uh, shows and movies these days are creating filler time with shots that are just, and I'm not talking like never have an establishing shot, but it's five seconds too long. You know what I'm saying? It's, 3 yep. seconds here, 10 seconds there. Uh, a lingering shot or one one extra back and forth between um uh uh like Black Widow and and uh Kate Bishop in in Hawkeye. The new Black Widow and and Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. The whole mac and cheese thing went on for just like one exchange too many. And it's things like that that really draw draw out runtimes unnecessarily, and it is really getting grating on me. So that's why I kind of was like, "Oh God, you want longer? What What else were they going to do? Stare at him, staring at something for for another twenty seconds." In Nick's come defense, on.
1: In Nick's defense, he doesn't want to expand it within. He wants there just he wants just to keep watching it. So in his defense, there's that. But I get you come from a, a Robert Rodriguez school of editing there for sure in terms of like. <laughs> finding those moments and just snipping them out from each scene. As and there's times to
0: like for it. I mean, there, scenes. there are times to, to breathe in the, the scenery. Uh, I, you, you, you think, think of in films the scenery. like, yeah, literally breathe, breathe in the scenery. Right, that, I said, no, said it meant I it. Sorry. Um, what was that?
1: That was a glass onion reference. I oh, used sorry. A word that doesn't exist. Um,
0: so you you think of of movies like Lawrence of Arabia is one that's always always brought up for having those like uh, uh, cinematic scene setups where you just get to appreciate it for for a moment. Uh, some of the shots in in uh, Gettysburg are are amazing, taken there at the at the battlefield in in Pennsylvania. But it's it's becoming pervasive through everything and not every genre nor even every movie in a genre that d- does lend itself to some of that needs it and sometimes it feels like they're padding out runtime i don't you're sounding I like me know. kyle i love it
1: we don't agree on very much but you're <laughs> sounding like me Gotta is this how sex hung sound all the time <laughs> yeah you're janiting it.
3: <laughs> um, no but um nick yeah. Go
1: ahead. You were talking. You you mentioned some stuff before. Kyle well, go ahead.
3: I just want to build off kind of what Kyle and you were saying, but I think it's i I I didn't even notice that in this show. As far if there were too long of establishing shots or something, but I really like something. I really love is Breaking Bad does the best where it's like okay, we're watching a cricket for like thirty seconds, and it just adds everything to the scene. Done well, I think that's a superior. Depending it depends on the genre, but done well, that's a superior way to do an adult program.
1: If there's a point to it, sure, but if there isn't, then just don't. It's
0: called art. It's- I'll give you a prime example of, of one that I, I liked recently, and I'm gonna talk okay. anime. There's a uh, about a two minute um, scene in Chainsaw Man where uh, one of the characters, Aki, just goes through his morning routine, and it is a sound designer's, like a person that appreciates sound design's like Wet Dream. If you ever get to watch Chainsaw Man, watch it with headphones on, because the the sound design and mixing and everything is is freaking amazing. And it does it, it's actually anime only. It doesn't exist in the manga even. It was used very purposefully to establish this this uh, connection be, between the audience and the character, and it allowed both the artists and the the sound team to really show off what you you can do with this with this medium i fully appreciated that i wouldn't cut a single second a single frame out of that but it was appropriate there's i have no problem with ones like nick said that are that are used appropriate
3: so anyway uh i think i part of the reason i probably they also based on what kyle said about seeing all the zombie stuff and make it harder to impress him because of that is that I've been avoiding zombie stuff for like the last ten years because I've been sick until, of it until yeah. this. Like I've been like, you know, Zombie Land that was one of the last zombie projects I watched intentionally because I was just like, no more. Like we're down to meta zombies, like screw it. Um so that's why I really found this engrossing. Obviously the first half is the most interesting half is with the backstory like i agree well, uh, is that obvious you I mean you said it already i meant in that way agreeing with jammer okay. the first half's the most interesting half because that's that's the emotional half and the second half isn't more mm-hmm. introducing you to the world but i do feel it had to be both had to be one episode not two because i would have felt very wanting if they had ended after the tragedy and not at least started showing us the new world before well they
1: could have started what comes it and next. cut off when we first see him
3: well, i would have wanted to meet ellie too in the first okay, episode, her that's being, fair. from what I understand, a more important uh, or the bigger protagonist in, I don't know, if the game, the games. I don't know. I know very little about the games, which I think also help some people who have played the games have a different opinion of those ha- who haven't, because this is one of the I've, I've been reading, at least for people who played the games and post memes and stuff. This is the closest one to one adaptation down to the exact framing of a shot. That matches the exact framing of a cutscene, including the color of the shirt, the color of the brick behind him, exactly where he's standing against the brick. I've seen a lot of people posting comparison pictures like that. So, yeah, I loved it. I'm excited for first excellent show of the year. Kaleidoscope was fun, but this is the first excellent so far. So like you said, uh, the reviewers gave it like 98 or something, and they've actually seen all of it.
1: 99% of critics gave it a positive review. Um, I don't know which ones saw the whole thing, but I do know mm-hmm. some critics, some major ones were given the entire yeah. season. So I don't know a, if the reviews I don't know if the reviews based uh, whose reviews are based on entire mm-hmm. seasons versus on one episode.
3: Fair enough, yeah. Because I've seen a lot I of think, people tweeting who have seen it all. And I'm like, you sense of guns.
1: I think uh, that first half was just so good. Um that the character, the the girl they got who the girl they got to play the daughter. Was very good because she she essentially is the main character of that first half, and she carries it very well. Um, And I like the dynamic between her and Pedro Pascal. Like that whole setup was just really good. And I was just like, oh yeah, she's definitely gonna die. Like she's not going very far. (laughs)
3: Like she's she's
1: dead. And
3: they carry the sense of dread very well. And not in like Mm -hmm. in some of the movies, they're like explain what happened on the news, or you see the perspective of someone who knows more about what's going on. And this one, it's just like, this is what the perspective is from her point of view. She has no idea what's happening or why it's happening.
1: Kind of got Dawn of the Dead vibes from what, 2006? Mm. What year was that? Less extreme and intense, but definitely, I think probably slower, slower burn, but has more emotional weight, even if there's less kinetic sort of energy from it for most of it. Um, but yeah, highly recommended. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if I continue watching. Like I will continue watching the show, but I am still curious. I'm like, uh, oh, is it just gonna be we're just gonna keep surviving until we die? I, I don't know if that's for me. That's just not the type of shows I normally watch. I don't think those are fun to watch. I just don't like depressing ass depressingness on a on an episodely basis. It's just not for me. Um, so yeah, let's we'll see how it goes. Like I liked it. I think it's deserving of all of the praise so far. Um and uh, you know I wish it the best. Good job, HBO. Good job, Craig Mazin. Um, you're doing the world proud, apparently, and fans and then love
3: it. It is the second biggest weekend for HBO in the last ten years. No, yep. uh, you said that being not behind House of Dragon. Yeah, and that was you know an established premiere, well, I, I guess, guess you call it.
1: Both yeah. are established franchise, but one is established TV franchise, and this one is like brand new. Uh, but obviously based on two very successful video games. And it's always weird to me how the video game industry is literally bigger than the film industry, and yet we always act like film is just like the definitive definition of what
3: is you know popular
1: in mainstream pop culture.
3: It's just bizarre to me. I um, think video games are only bigger money-wise because well, yeah. it costs $50 to buy a 60, a, a... 60 I think soon $70 to buy a... Probably. No, I think they've said they're gonna do their like yeah, their a title is gonna be seventy dollars on Xbox and PlayStation, but um, whereas like I can go buy the movie or rent the movie for like twenty dollars,
1: right? Right. I mean,
3: for HBO Max, I'm not spending an extra dime. I would have to do more research on this.
1: I'm not sure by how many billions of dollars the video game industry outpaces the film industry, but. You know, is it significant enough to where it's just like you could it's only just because of that or what other reasons are there? Regardless, it's a very popular industry, it's it's just weird to me. And it's and as I mentioned at the top, it is interesting to me how like it's it, it's difficult to do these adaptations simply because you're pulling out one aspect, you're you're really not adding anything. Because anything you do in film, you could technically do in a video game, in a cutscene or whatever. Gammer. Um and in this one, it's like you really just have to capitalize on the film's strengths
0: anyway go ahead kyle uh worldwide the video game industry is approximately 195 billion as of 2021 with a global film market which includes china of 267 billion in 2022 uh
1: so i'm wrong
0: it's not bigger uh yeah. Uh now the video game. I could have
1: sworn that it was bigger.
0: Video game is uh, was expected to grow to twenty uh two hundred and twenty billion in twenty twenty two. I don't have an official number for twenty twenty two. Just that estimate. Oh, but okay. again, uh from the business research group, the twenty twenty two uh um global market was uh over two. Well actually yeah uh two hundred sixty seven billion. Yep. And expected to potentially grow uh to almost three hundred billion by this this year. But that that again includes uh China. And if you watch the um if you look at like a foreign box office numbers, they man, it's it's ridiculous over there sometimes <laughs> for for their movie. They'll have the biggest movie in the in the world for all year and it's only released in China. So interesting hmm. stuff these days.
1: Any last words about The Last of Us, Episode 1, before we move on?
3: No. I agree. Watch it.
1: All right. Well, this is kind of a good transition, talking about numbers and box office, because our first story of the day has to do with the continued success of Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Nick, you can't give a thumbs down. You haven't seen the movie.
3: That's how I feel in the franchise.
1: Why don't you can't okay. say I don't like the franchise just because you don't like well I guess you can't say that. You don't like the first movie, good for you. But uh, okay. this was a franchise that you know for north of a decade, ever since maybe maybe about a decade, ever since it was pushed back from I think originally like 2014 or something they're like, ah, the window is passed. No one's hmm. going to care about this thing." Everyone kind of had that narrative for a good solid 8 to 9 years or so. And then it started to approach and honestly, I don't remember specifically what I thought in terms of what it's going to do box office wise or what I've expressed. I probably thought it would be like $1.4 to $1.6 billion. I didn't think it was going to flop, but I thought, I was like, hey, the window is passed. There's no way it's going to like hit, it's not going to hit Titanic numbers. That's what I was thinking. Um, and the narrative around it, pretty extensively, was pretty negative. Um as recently as a couple months ago, you had some fanboy reporting out there, uh, and this is in addition to actual reporting. But the fanboy perspective <laughs> is: is everyone kind of talking about like, "Hey, this is going to be a flop." Um, there was one article that talked about the film may only gross one fifty to one seventy five million dollars domestically, uh, and we'll talk about where the numbers are in a few seconds. But a lot of projections were in that realm. Um, I know recently, Kyle and Manny were talking box office numbers prior to the release, and Manny was on point with uh, the the opening. He guessed 130 million dollars domestically. The movie made 134 million dollars domestically, and I remember the narrative at that point was the box not the box office, the stock market for Disney went down following that weekend because it didn't do as well as they had helped they had hoped it would do, what they thought it would do. Um, but per usual, no one is taking into account the James Cameron effect and that you know, Kyle rolls his eyes. Guy, you need to get that checked out, dude. That's like a chronic
0: problem. Um, James <laughs> seems Cameron seems to only effect, happen when I'm around you guys. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kyle
1: made a funny statement, not a funny, but I says telling statement. He says, no one we know personally was dying to see this nor any that have given it much more than a B range grades where and who are these fans so i have a couple responses to that well a (laughs) the james cameron effect is basically bringing people into theaters who don't normally see movies and these people don't talk about it online and these people you said who didn't want to see it or were dying to see it did they see it kyle what's that who the people who weren't dying to see it that you knew did they end up seeing the movie most of them
0: haven't a few have really yeah interesting
1: I know I have. Like, but Brian, I knew I was going to see. Like it. Brian
0: didn't even want to go. He went because someone wanted wanted him to go. Well, there you and go. He valued, there you go. He valued yeah. the uh, relationship. Who was that? Someone. Then I'm not going to out his private business. Well, it's not like a well, romantic no, no, I'm not gonna, someone.
1: But my point is, is that it was it was was it someone who's normally like all about movies, or was it like just a normal being?
0: no it's someone that's a that's a movie person like that's Damn their it. that's their thing why are you dismantling my theory look and and this whole idea of the of the james cameron effect of of bringing people to movie theaters that Trade wouldn't normally go Joseph see it Lodina. let's see let's look at his his uh let's look at his filmography we have avatar the way of water 2022 And then Avatar 2009. Before that, we have Titanic, romance film. Romance films were huge in the 1990s. True Lies, a 1994 action film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. On the follow-up from his 1991 Terminator 2, which came after the super uh, uh, big, again, 1989, The Abyss uh, sci-fi movie. What was really big in the 70s and 80s? Oh, yes, sci-fi. Because back three years before that, we had... 1986 is aliens. This, this idea of the James Cameron effect goes back one freaking movie Two avatar.
1: Movies. Everyone thought thought Titanic was going to flop.
0: It was a romance film. I don't really, everyone read, thought I don't Titanic remi- was going to flop. It's I was a three hour romance. I was film 11. a genre
1: that excels at freaking 90 minute quick in and outs. I was
0: 11 years old at the time. So I don't remember reading the news stuff and you must've been what eight then. So I don't know how much news stuff. Dude, you were I went to film school. There, I read about so. this shit. Okay then good. Um, uh, He's got two, two is, films. I, I
1: went back and looked at this stuff because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> so, and I yeah. remember, I know reading back like older articles about how like, Oh my God, the, the, the budget for this is ballooning. It's never going to be able to make back its box office. It's going to be a huge disaster. No one has faith in it. And then obviously it became the highest grossing movie at yeah. the time. Avatar, when that came out, that movie, they're like, oh, it's going to be the most expensive thing ever. It's It's not going to make its money back. It's going to have to make ridiculous box office. It comes out, makes 74-ish million dollars in its opening weekend. And everyone's like, that's it. It needed to make like a hundred plus million dollars in order to be financially viable, but it kept on going. It kept on going, and it went on for fucking ever, going on to make two point seven billion dollars at the time, and another extra two hundred million dollars on re-releases. So now, continually, still be the top film grossing at this point. And now we hit the Avatar: The Way of Water, which is a movie that has really kept that uh, James Cameron effect alive. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it just to piss you off. Uh, James Cameron effect alive. And that's because, you know, it, it continues that pause, that relatively good trend following its opening weekend. It dropped 52%. Then it went up a little bit. Then it went down 32%, went down 28%. Uh, and so it's, it's doing pretty solid business continually. It is at currently as of this recording at $1.93 billion worldwide. I think it's definitely going to crack 2 billion. I think it stands a good job a good chance of beating titanic which is uh i believe it's 3.1 billion dollars um, now we we'll put it at number 3 right hang on a second so actually it'll 2.194 no, we'll put it, yeah we we'll put so it at number 4
3: okay but 2.4 Wait. billion dollars no number 3 sorry
1: oh my god nick i'm trying to you're you're inter i can't math when you're talking um 2.2 <sighs> billion dollars there you go i don't know if it'd be number 4 though uh, essentially is what needed to get to. Because I think um, it
3: was, isn't the top
0: three still oh, Avatar and game Titanic or global. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Jammer. Now this is one thing I will say, because if, if you remember my, my whole point was people counting out the, the camera effect, this would solidify the idea of him being able to do what you're saying. But everyone looking at all of the recent film trends of how heavily front loaded films are, the uh average tickets sold in the in the uh theatrical um uh market versus uh uh from a few years ago versus today, because ticket sales are down. Even though raw numbers are up because of inflation and and ticket prices going going up, the number of tickets being sold is way down. As as a matter of fact, uh 2019, which we all know had in game, had uh uh 1.2 uh billion tickets sold 2009 had uh, uh, 200 million more than that at 1.4 billion Uh, 2007 1.42 2004 Uh, 1.5 2003 1.5 and then of course you have the the pandemic stuff 2022 813 million uh, tickets sold I'm not defending everyone on it but even the all of the top industry number crunchers, not even fan sites, did not see this this coming based on more than just uh, um, more than just personal feelings or you know who and what they don't know. But the James Cameron effect wouldn't have been a, a thing in anyone's mind because, again, the last Disagreed. movie was 2009.
3: Disagreed. <coughs> I will say I am shocked it did this well. I knew it would not flop, but I thought I it thought, would place yeah. a wrong a mid level Marvel movie as oh, far as gross. Be,
1: I thought it would be north like I said one point four to one point six is what I was. I, I guess about make... one
3: point five worldwide. I actually honestly didn't think it would cross a billion, especially after what? the opening weekend. Well I thought really? I honestly thought people didn't care anymore. Uh, Jammer, you're the only person I've met in real life who's seen it. I mean a friend, a friend in real life. Two people at work saw it, but <laughs> they're they're normal. <laughs> people as we like to refer to not film people which sure does tie into your theory because yeah like i don't know none of my other friends have seen it i'm yeah, too, danny a friend i've never met danny in real life
2: <laughs> for where i am for, I, i'm totally with you jam but there were so many people that don't talk on twitter Instagram, don't get on this Discord, don't follow sites like ours that have gone to see the movie. I was back home briefly for Christmas this year and my mum said she went in to watch it, 77 years old, loves Star Wars, by the way, and uh, and went to see Avatar because she loved watching it, but she would not be someone that would get on onto the internet to talk about it. So I, I think there's a lot of people that recognise the name, remember it from 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was, did ever, 2009, did you say, Avatar? one yep. was 2009 and want to go and see some more of the same thing so uh, i'm not surprised by it i'm i am a little surprised that you think it might beat titanic because it's still got almost a billion dollars to go though right did you say no, 2.94
1: it's yeah. at one no no oh, it's, uh, titanic is at 2.194 and it's at oh 1. sorry i thought you 9- said
2: 2.94 sorry Jamal. i thought that's uh, not gonna it's 1 get 1 another 9-4. billion to be that.
1: That would be Avatar 1 if they were to get to 2.94. That, that would be
2: impressive. Just saying that, we've got a re-release of Titanic coming on the screens here at the moment. Really? So that's going to make another few other million dollars as well, I should imagine. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. 30 years, is it now? We've got a 30-year re-release no, of
1: it. No, 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 no. No,
2: no. 25? I
1: hope not. 20, 24. No, twenty-five. Fuck. Is it,
3: it would be a anniversary. They wouldn't uh, release it twenty-four years later for a re release. Yeah, twenty-five. It's, it's gonna be
2: twenty-five, right? So they're re-releasing it on the big screen. Um, yeah. So but I, I'm with you, Jam. There's a lot of people that wouldn't talk about it that have gone to see this film, and I, I really enjoyed it. I can't remember what grade I gave it, but it was a high grade, and I, and I really enjoyed it. I've seen it twice now.
1: I wanted to see it a second time, but I, the timing was never correct. So I'm not like, ah, I'll wait for Disney Plus and definitely watch it again, though. Like yeah, I had a good sure. time. Beautiful I I, on the IMAX time. 3D. It was beautiful. I didn't see it in IMAX 3D. I'm still not. I'm still not a a, a proponent of premium, you know, tickets, premium theater experiences. I got you. I, I understand. Like I'm, I'm the
2: time I watched it was a regular screen, and it is a stark difference. Normally, I would be with you, Jam. I, I totally would would say that. But this was a huge difference between You're the like, IMAX 3D and the regular big screen. I think I'm the normally sound system. The sound system yeah, is, is
1: that, definitely sure. makes a big difference for sure. Um and then just sit closer to the screen. Just fucking sit closer <laughs> to the screen. It's the same I like it shit. bigger
3: and louder, but I haven't seen a 3D movie since the pandemic and I don't intend on yeah. ever seeing a 3D movie again.
1: Yeah, me neither. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of 3D. It's the same shit,
3: Kyle. But yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be this big. So good on it.
1: Yeah, good job, Cameron. They they secured don't buy the future for. Don't
0: buy a bigger day. monitor. Just sit closer to your monitor. Oh my God, you don't even understand human <laughs> you don't anatomy. Understand how fucking smart
1: I sound right now,
0: Kyle. I'm like beyond your kin. You need you need lenses and and things to make that to make that work. Jammers saving money tricks. Yeah, that'd be a
3: clever way to say that. But <laughs> jammers, jammers save the ty- money. Jammers the just type of per-
0: jammers the type of person that bought the the giant magnifying glass to uh, increase <laughs> the size of his of his like tablet screen when those when those were a thing. No, but I, I was the type of
1: person who got that from my original Game Boy back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> you could just held it closer to your face. that's <laughs> uh, sure a good point. I should have done that. I was stupid. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Let's move on to the uh, the other couple stories we have going on, which are both trailers. I put one in here for you specifically, Nick Doll, because I know how much of a fan of the Scream franchise you are. Personally, I'm not a huge fan. I think I haven't watched it since Scream Three. I think whenever that came out, I, I watched that one. Not, I didn't watch the show. I didn't watch the other ones that came out either. Uh, so it's, I'm not a huge fan, but I did, I did like the original. Back in the day, and I I'd always I'm always a fan of seeing revivals really uh bring back the spirit of the original and kind of exist beyond its means in a good way. And so when this one came out, I was like, All right, I'll give it a watch. Let's see. I'm not really excited for it because I didn't see the fifth one or the fourth one, but whatever. It was a good trailer. Um, it showed you know a uh, Ghostface you know going around the convenience store chasing down our leads, and uh, you know and more stuff that ties it into like the original franchise and freaking uh, the legacy of Ghostface. You got Ghostface fanboys, you know, with having Ghostface memorabilia in their Ghostface themed lairs, and it's just I don't know where this is going, but it's interesting and it's entertaining to watch. So overall. I think it had a great opening. I just think it had a bad title. Like, you know, Ghostface takes Manhattan would have been the obvious direction. (laughs) (laughs) But Nick as a actually, no, before we go to Nick, because we know Nick is going to give us an A plus trailer. Danny, what did you (laughs) think of this of this trailer for Scream 6?
2: I was pleasantly surprised by how um, how much it's got me interested in actually watching the movie. I'm not like yeah. you, I wasn't a huge fan of the franchise. I mean, it, the first one was great. I did watch the previous uh, number five, but other than that, no interest. But what I liked about this one was it wasn't, it was it was one of those strange trailers that was showing us a lot, but a lot of it was misdirection, I think. I think it was throwing a lot of the screen for us, but not necessarily telling us anything because it would, could contradict itself quite easily giving us full sense of who might survive, who might die, and what what or who um, the ghost face killer could be, et cetera. So I, I actually found it quite interesting and therefore it might have my attention. Uh you know, even bringing back what's the name? Uh Hayden Tisseri or whatever her name is. Uh I thought I just Courtney it, it, to me
3: No he was talking about, was uh, about Kirby from uh, from Scream Heroes. Four. Who
2: was the who was the, who was oh, was yeah, the Hayden uh, Penier or something you oh, we both Hayden pronounced Pannier Pannier. it wrong.
3: Yeah. Her yeah. Yeah, she was in the fourth one.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Um, But just it—it had enough going on and enough something new stuff to make me think this is this is actually going to be worth it. Even there was one bit of it that made me think, yeah, this this is trying to throw us curveballs and stuff. And and obviously at the moment they're probably at risk of being sued by someone. But there was a scene in the trailer where Courtney Cox's character is on the phone to the Ghostface killer, and in the background. Uh, the ghost face killer is um, uh, killing someone that's in the house with Courtney Cox. So I'm like, well then that implies that there's two killers, right? But that could have just been so. clever editing of the trailer, because there's no way he was talking the way he was talking and stabbing someone to death without being slightly out of breath. It's
1: It's like Iron Within, Man with well, ghost that. faces.
2: This is what they're trying to do. Uh, I don't think, and they even hinted at the fact that it might be a supernatural thing. I don't think they can go that route, but There's nothing to say that the screen world is not supernatural just because we haven't seen it before. But anyway, all ifs, buts, wants, maybes, clues make me interested in it. So I was pleasantly surprised that I'm interested in watching this film. Well done, Scream 6 trailer.
1: Thank you. So thank you for mentioning Hayden Pennant here because I was just like, she looked familiar, but then she had to cut away and I was like, oh, I forgot about it. So thank you for pointing out why she looked familiar. Um, Anyways, Nick, tell us about why this is an A-plus trailer for you. It's not an A-plus trailer,
3: <laughs> but I was very happy because no. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, the last one wasn't an A-plus movie either. It was just a return to form where they actually had something to say in the last movie. And it was commentary on toxic fandom and uh, requels, which is why it was intentionally not called Scream 5. And this one is called Scream 6. That was to make fun of all those movies where it's just like, here's the original title. Scream? Yeah, the last one was called Scream. isn't? Because that is making fun. Scream. <laughs> that would have been another
1: <laughs> they yeah. called this
3: one the scream but um, but I, that's my worry is I don't know what they'll have to say about the franchise I feel like you can go two directions but one of them similar to the other uh, the last one is someone else pointed this out online that you could it almost seems like this one could be about people who are less obsessed with the stab movies and maybe they did like a true crime you know docuseries which we see all the time about scream like the events of scream so it could be more about people obsessed with true crime um which would be interesting way to go the other interesting way to go would be like the joker effect um like from the movie joker where there are a bunch of them who are just like we worship the ghost face like because one of because i someone else also pointed out that that might not necessarily be one person's private collection of scream memorabilia including the TV that killed a character is literally in that room and like clothes that were worn when people were murdered and stuff. It could actually be an official museum that was put together that is causing more of an obsession. And I do think the idea of Ghostface takes Manhattan is an intentional, intentional way to skewer other horror movies that have just been like, and now it's set in New York city or even like Muppets take man, like, you know, like, like we're doing that for thing intentionally to be like, "Hey, look how!" And they'll comment on it in some way. But
0: we need a yeah. uh, scream in space. Then uh, I would yes. love
2: <laughs> scream. X. So no one, scream no X. one would hear it, though, Kyle. No. One oh, would hear it. that's <laughs> you would
0: call it. No ah, one you can hear you thing. scream. That'd be the he, name of the movie. Said the thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, I, it's a good trailer. I was not disappointed. I'm just still. Yeah, every time there's a scream movie, you're worried that they have nothing to. No, because the good Scream movies, they always have something to say as far as like skewering sequels or horror movies or requels in the last one. So, right. But I do like the new setting. So
1: that's in addition to being a horror series is like. Satire, not necessarily parody, but satire.
3: Yeah, because Scream is all about satire. That's what makes it special. It's scary, too. Like a masterclass of You ratcheting up the tension where you think the kill could happen at any moment and it might happen 10 minutes later but i always remember last year was it last
1: year when nick made all of us watch scream and then wasn't on that episode two years, two yes. years ago
2: i remember that <laughs> I remember uh, and i remember
1: that. revisiting scream and being like i forgot how freaking horrifying that intro is mm-hmm. we like they hang her up by her entrails. Jesus Christ, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, a lot of horrific things. The last time I saw it before that it was probably a solid ten plus years prior. Um, so yeah, it was very surprising. Just like, yeah, it's satire, but it's like it still takes its killing very seriously.
3: And they're doing the uh, Avengers Endgame thing, where it's like, well, I remember hating it, but now I have to go back and watch Scream Four because I don't remember shit about Kirby. character so i feel like it's very intentional to be like yeah exactly that's exactly yeah it's like well i guess scream 4 was important now again or at least knowing remembering anything about her but because that was their first attempt to like reboot it you know and no one saw it well
1: let's move on then to the next trailer which is very more fanboy friendly in terms of Star Wars, it being Star Wars, and that is the Mandalorian season three. Uh, woo woo. Of course, more we, Pedro. We see, we, see, we see baby Grogu, and you know uh, the Mandalorian continue on their journey this time to Mandalore, uh, and you know to I guess do stuff with more Mandalorians. I'm not really sure, but. If you're digging the tone of The Mandalorian, this trailer has it in spades, along with the the lovely theme song. Personally, I think uh, I'm waiting for, I don't know, it looks like more of the same. I don't really know where it's going, because the first two seasons were very much about, I guess, reuniting Grogu with his kind his quest and what is what where do they go next obviously there's something it's going to be more focused on the mandalorian himself and his own personal journey how that ties into the other mandalorians we'll have to wait and see or maybe i re- just forgot um but one question i have is i wonder how confused people who didn't see the book of boba fett are oh i love that there's the a fact gr- that grogu a good and mandalorian theme about are back together
3: <laughs> where they're like, is there what's that it the- it's just the idea of like what the hell like I won't say the other word on there. But yeah. it's like what did the, the how is grogu back?
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: That's why you apparently have Danny, to watch uh, all Star uh, Wars. It's like think? Marvel. What I loved it.
1: Trailer, I,
2: I I got it got me in the jellies. Uh, I I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm super stoked. I think the last time I was on I think I I made it quite clear that I'm stoked about Star Wars stuff this year and not so stoked about Marvel and this trailer just it, it just got me. It just I felt all and obviously, Star Wars means different things to different people. But for me, it just felt I felt all giddy with the Star Wars stuff. You know, there was things I recognized and new things that I like and characters that I remember. And I just felt excited by it. And I just don't have that feeling with any Marvel stuff. So I'm super happy that this felt like Star Wars to me. The only gripe I have, and it's minor, is that they, he said this is the way. He said it the second time towards the end of the trailer. I don't think he needed to say that. When Grogu um, uses his force power to push that creature away, I don't think it needed anything said over that. That's my only Mm gripe. We know this is the way. That was a nice statement. But uh, listen, uh, if that's me griping about this trailer, that they use that line once too many times... Shit. I thought it was great. I finished <laughs> Star Wars in my jellies and I can't wait till March the 1st. I thought it was great. There was even lightsabers in there. Awesome. Give it to me. Give me the stuff I like.
3: <laughs> Looks like another flashback yeah. to the younglings. Yeah, more flashbacks
1: but to the
2: No problem uh, the with Republic. that.
3: <laughs> so, what do you think,
2: Nick? I
3: also, I really enjoyed it. Because I never know I'm excited for a Star Wars show until it gets close. But Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian's obviously one that I trust at this point. Even though you've kind of said it, it is kind of more the same each time. It also didn't really stretch its legs much farther past the films. Where it's like, hey, look, you remember this suit? You remember this alien? This one, we have a salacious crumb species in a tree. Like, you know. Yeah. It's... But That's I really am. With this. I really am interested going into the new plots. Which I assume... And the la- and Boba Fett, he's told he has to go to the certain waters of Mandalore in order to be accepted back into his tribe because he stupidly admits when he could have lied that he removed his helmet to the armor. So that's his quest. Dude, he's like he won't be a true Mandalorian. Lie.
1: You can't lie, man. Then you're going to Mandalore. Lying hell. is the
3: way. <laughs> but um, Lying and then also the there's the big. I'm I mean I'm also sure we'll see more. We see the guy in the cloning outfit that we've seen since season one. On Coruscant, which is also interesting, because that's a location we haven't seen in hey, no,
1: live action. The guy in the clo- what does that mean? The guy in the cloning outfit. What does that mean? The guy the from the first
0: season. Yeah. So I didn't hear what you said, Kyle. Scientist, the doctor, scientist that that was working with uh, uh, um, the bad so, guy in season one. He's he was uh, the one that was like you know who wa- who walked away who. Who the one
2: that originally hired to, to find the thing. Yeah, he
0: was
3: working with that guy, and then We're he was in season guy. two. Um, or at least we saw a hologram of him in season two, working on some oh. project.
1: I'm annoyed because I don't want to revisit the seasons because it's like, but I, I feel like I should because I, I clearly don't remember enough.
3: And I think the, I mean, obviously we'll get more Moff Gideon somewhere. Or I mean, not obviously, but hopefully, I can't imagine they would leave any uh Giancarlo Esposito off the table, but um. And I also like the other plot is likely to be kind of the clash between two different groups of Mandalorians uh, as far as Boca Catan. That's her name, Bo-Katan. right? Boca Catan. I don't know what mine was from. Uh, she obviously wants the Darksaber and has to earn it in combat in order to be to reach the role she wants, which is head of
0: Mandalore. So. did
1: Mandalorian blow up? Or am I just thinking of...
0: No, it was, it I'm was thinking raised, of Planet but Vegeta. it wasn't blown up. <laughs>
3: the planet i mean you see it in the trailer i so.
1: i think i'm confusing it with planet vegeta from dragon
3: ball z i don't know why not you're not confusing it, it, it with it. any of the yeah. star wars planets that were no, blown I'm up not
1: confusing any of the star wars planets. <laughs> well you know cuz the mandalorian the mandalorians are like a race of like warrior race of people who have i get lost their people and in, in dragon ball z you have a, a race of warriors whose planet was destroyed so there aren't that many left but as the series goes on you find out there's a lot more left than you thought there's similarities.
3: I just have, I, just have t- I have two questions for you guys. Um, when the X-wing pilot from the first two seasons, or at least the last season, Kim's, Mr. Kim, yeah, Mr. Kim says, "There's something darker brewing." Do you think they're talking about the first order already? I have no clue. I mean, that's they should geni- be at least that's, eventually. That's such
1: a generic line. I'm like, it's there's always something darker brewing. We'll just and then, do you think the,
3: uh, the clone guy? The coffee. Has anything to do with the Emperor's <laughs> return? There's something dark
1: brewing. Okay, and it's done. Kyle seems
3: to agree with me on both of them, just based on his head shake. But yeah, the other one would be related to the return of the Emperor or Snoke or whatever. The idea of they've been trying to clone force-sensitive or at least use force-sensitive people like Grogu to create clones. As yeah. a hint to that I think in it's in season two, First
2: Order. I, I think that they're referencing First Order in, in this one. It was that that's the, the first thing that kind my mind without diving into getting my brain too oh. involved with it a so little is five,
0: over five years after return of the Jedi. Yeah.
3: I assume we're close to seven years. If you if maybe there's a year between seasons, who knows? But so we're within at the at the least we're within 15 years of uh, Force Awakens. So obviously would they would be rising up in some way.
1: The first two seasons happen over the course of five days.
3: That would be impossible, <laughs> but it's possible five months.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't think. I think two years. That's a stretch. I think. Um, I think even with well, the look of a day stuff, in the
2: galaxy far, far away. What's that? Maybe Ooh. the sun rotations around moons are all different. Maybe five days is five years in in Earth time.
3: Sure. <laughs> Interstellar.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this this looks okay. This looks good. I need to. Uh, Mandalorian has always been a weird series for me because I love the feel of it, but it's just, I always feel like there's not enough story in each episode and I just, I'm hungry for like something a little bit deeper. And I think season two was a little bit more ambitious, but it was the problem I had with it is that I think it relied too much on pre-existing lore and it felt like it didn't have confidence in itself. So it was just like, let's just throw this other thing at you and let's throw this other thing at you that you're going to like love um and i'm hoping that this kind of finds a a better balance of that now that you know uh what's his name dinjarin or the mandalorian is like no longer leveling up his armor and stuff or doing like it'll be less Less questy like a video game less questy less like you need to go to this place and do this thing and then you'll get this that i'll do you this favor that will do this and i'll do you this favor yeah
3: Um, uh Well, I mean, as far as wanting to get deeper into stuff like Star Wars and have it be less shallow, have you started watching Andor again yet?
1: That's exactly the
3: Star Wars you're asking for. I know, I know.
1: Like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Fair enough. Yeah, that is all I have to say about Mandalorian season three trailer, and that brings us to a close in this latest episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Dear listener, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day or letting us join you in your car trip to your or to your commute to whatever job that you're doing to make this world a better place. We <laughs> really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out all the other Genreverse podcast network shows we have, including The Cantina, uh Animeversal Reviews, AVR Squared, Cup of Genre, uh, daily shot and god damn it i forget one of them always a cup shot. of
0: genre genre daily cup shot. Of
1: genre genre shot
0: you
3: say, AVR
1: or I
0: you? say avr squared are okay. you he's forgetting he's forgetting the uh, marvel show
1: marvel more <laughs> mayhem which is currently on hiatus until you have something marvel ant man
3: grows closer we're less than a month away Ant-Man. are you gonna
1: do anything building up to it are you gonna watch any other ant man's leading up to it
3: probably not Kyle's already shaking his head. I'm kind of agreeing with him
0: already. There is no okay. no need that will not feed the algorithm.
3: Okay.
1: We yeah, are all enough.
0: slaves to the algorithm.
1: <laughs> Nick, where can people find you?
3: I'm at doll on Twitter. Danny, where can people find you? <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll be in the living room rebuilding my Lego Infinity Gauntlet that got broken in a recent move. I know, mine got broken when I moved too. Anyway. I hate rebuilding Lego. I love building Lego. Rebuilding uh, 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 has become my new worst nightmare nemesis. Insert swear words. I hate rebuilding Lego.
1: It's funny awful. when you say Lego and not Legos, you sound like Tarzan. No, no
2: but he's I right. Hate rebuilding Lego. I know, I know it's, correct. I, I know it's correct. I know it's correct. I know it's correct. just sounds
1: I say wrong. Lego
3: now too because of Lego Masters. That's got me into saying Lego. It sounds stupid.
2: It's Lego just yeah. move stupid. on say goodbye jammer move on all right well Later. you can find
1: me on twitter at aj cerna writer <laughs> you could also find my books under that name aj cerna on amazon and audible and don't forget machiabooks.com, m-a-g-i-a books.com thank you so much kyle of course for working with us as producer per usual and uh once again thank you dear listeners and we will see you all next week hasta lasagna
3: don't get any on ya.